0: Hello, this is Snigdha from Newslaundry.com, bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Sunday, the 23rd of August. More than 69,000 new COVID-19 cases were reported yet again, taking the tally in India beyond the 30 lakh mark or the 3 million mark. The death toll is now over 56,000 after more than 900 fresh fatalities were reported. Maharashtra, India's worst-hit state, reported more than 14,000 new cases, taking the state's total count to almost 6,72,000. The death toll in the state is close to 22,000. Andhra Pradesh, meanwhile, registered more than 10,000 new cases and 97 deaths. With this, the state's tally has risen to over 3,45,000. Union Minister Prakash Javadekar today released an SOP for resuming work in the media production industry. Contact minimization seems to be at the core of the SOP. Measures to be followed include adequate distancing at chute locations and other workplaces, proper sanitization, crowd management and provision for protective equipments. Delhi's Army Hospital said today that the former president Pranab Mukherjee remains in deep coma and on ventilator support. Mukherjee was operated for the removal of a clot in his brain. He had also tested positive for COVID-19. Congress leader Rahul Gandhi said today that the government must listen to students seeking postponement of the Joint Entrance Exam, or JEE, and the National Eligibility Entrance Exam, or NEET, that is scheduled to be held in September. The Supreme Court had earlier registered petitions against holding the exams amid the coronavirus pandemic. In a tweet, Gandhi said that the central government must listen to the students' monkey bath and arrive at an acceptable solution. Adhiranjan Chaudhary, leader of the Congress in the Lok Sabha, also wrote to the Prime Minister Narendra Modi for the postponement of JEE and NEET exams till the COVID-19 situation stabilises. The Supreme Court's order had led to an online campaign for postponement of the engineering and medical examinations during the COVID-19 pandemic. On Twitter, several politicians also joined the debate under the trending hashtags Satyagra against exams in COVID and Students Ke Man Ki Baat. While protesting, students have been pointing out towards the government's slogan in March that said, and I quote, "Pehle suraksha, fir pariksha." At the time, India had less than 1,000 COVID-19 cases, but now it has peaked to over three million. And for most students, it's not just a question of battling COVID. Several students told News Laundry that they have many other hurdles too. To find out more, do read the report titled, We're Begging for Our Well-Being. Students are Desperate for the Postponement of NEET and JEE. You'll find the report on newslaundry.com. At least 23 senior congress leaders have written to the party president Sonia Gandhi asking for a complete transformation of the organisation. The letter called for a full-time effective leadership that will be visible and active in the field. Signatories of the letter include former chief ministers like Bhupendra Singh Huda and Prithviraj Chavan, former ministers like Kapil Sibal and Shashi Tharoor, and Milin Deora and Jitin Prasad. The letter called for elections to pick the members of the Working Committee, the highest decision-making body of the party. The process of election, which was the norm earlier, was recently replaced by nomination from the party chief. The letter also called for an honest introspection, suggested a collective leadership and stressed that the youth are losing confidence in the party. The list of suggested reforms includes decentralisation of power, empowerment of state units and organisational elections at every level. A key internal meeting is set to be held tomorrow to discuss the letter. One of the Congress leaders who signed the letter told NDTV on the condition of anonymity and I quote, Somebody has to bell the cat. Remember how senior Congress leader Sanjay Jhao was suspended after his very public takedown of the party in two newspaper articles? He had criticised the party's leadership vacuum, the lack of internal democratic process that listens to individual voices, and the inability to get up and running with any sense of urgency in the wake of electoral defeats. You can watch his interview with Abhinandan Sekri on newslaundry.com, where he talks about what is ailing the party, what the Congress can offer to excite Indian voters, the job of a spokesperson and, of course, his sacking. BJP President JP Nadda said today that all three NDA constituents in Bihar, the JDU or the Janta Dal United, the LJP or the Lok Jan Shakti Party and the BJP will be contesting the upcoming Assembly polls in the state together. NADA said Chief Minister Nitish Kumar will be the face of the alliance and expressed confidence that it will emerge victorious. NADA's announcement comes in the middle of a bitter war of words between Nitish Kumar from JDU and Chirag Paswan from LJP. The BJP has been maintaining that the governing NDA alliance is intact in the state of Bihar. Nadda also claimed that the opposition in Bihar as well as elsewhere has become a spent force and asserted that the BJP is the only party which is being looked at by people with hope. He said that the opposition neither has ideology nor vision nor any spirit to serve people and it cannot rise above petty politics. He also praised the Bihar government's handling of the COVID-19 pandemic and the floods. While many may have thought that the controversy over Bloomsbury India's widely criticised book on Delhi riots must have died after the publishing house confirmed that it was withdrawing the publication of the book, well, things didn't quite go that way. At least three authors announced on Twitter that they were withdrawing their books which were to be published by Bloomsbury India. India's principal economic advisor Sanjeev Sanyal publicly committed on Twitter that he will never work with Bloomsbury India again. He said, and I quote, a few weeks ago, I had raised the issue of how a tiny cabal controls Indian publishing and constantly imposes ideological censorship, unquote. Retired IS officer and author Sanjay Dixit, who was to release a book with Bloomsbury in September, called the book's withdrawal unacceptable. He said, and I quote, I do hereby announce that I am ending my relationship with them and will send Bloomsbury a notice to withdraw my book titled, Nullifying Article 370 and Enacting CAA. JNU professor and author Anand Ranganathan, too, declared that he would return the advance paid by Bloomsbury for his next book titled Forgotten Heroes of Indian Science. He said, and I quote, An idea cannot be destroyed. It cannot fall victim to the threats and blackmail by fascists. Books last because ideas do. This decision by Bloomsbury should be condemned by all writers and readers. Unquote. Journalist Aditya Raj said that those who prevented the publication of the book are the real fascists, while Kanchan Gupta, a distinguished fellow at the Observer Research Foundation, said, and I quote, Loadsome cancel culture rears its unsightly head in India as Bloomsbury India dumps book on Delhi riot under pressure from bully left-liberal activists and Islamists. Unquote. The book in question, titled Delhi Riots 2020 The Untold Story, written by Monica Arora, Sunali Chitalkar, and Prerna Malhotra, was to be published in September. The chief guest at the launch was supposed to be BJP leader Kapil Mishra, the very person after whose provocative speech the violence in Northeast Delhi had erupted in February. Listeners, while the debate over the untold story carries on, might I suggest you read the story that has already been told? Many of you who follow Newslaundry might know that our reporters Ayush and Basant, have been closely following the Northeast Delhi riots and how the police are investigating the violence that killed many people, a majority of them being Muslims. Both of them have filed multiple reports for our deep-dive Newslaundry Sena series, an initiative by News Laundry that allows readers to fund the stories that they want to hear. Through their reports on the investigation into the murders of Maroof Ali and Shahid Alam, we have seen how Delhi Police's investigation is majorly botched. Fake eyewitness statements, Muslims being arrested for murdering Muslims in what was clearly a communal riot, these are only the tip of the iceberg. In case you have not read their reports, I urge you to do so right away. If you know about the recent attack on caravan journalists while they were reporting from northeast Delhi, I'm sure you realise the risk our reporters take each time they go to cover these stories. So if you think they deserve your support, read their reports, share them on your social media handles and make your friends and family members read them too. And also subscribe to News Laundry so we can keep showing you the complete picture, something that a lot of our legacy media houses will not do. And you know why? Because they are dependent on advertisers and sponsors, which very often happens to be the government. News Laundry is 100% free of ads for this very reason. Also, since this debate has become an issue of free speech, do watch Meghnaud's episode on free speech in the second season of his Constitution series. You'll find it on News Laundry's YouTube channel. And now for some international updates. More than 23.1 million people have been diagnosed with COVID-19 around the world, out of which more than 14.91 million have recovered and more than 804,000 people have died. British Prime Minister Boris Johnson has told his allies that the failure to reopen schools is not an option. Earlier this month, Johnson had said that reopening schools in September was a social, economic and moral imperative, insisting that schools would be able to operate safely despite the pandemic. The Sunday Times reported this month that Johnson had ordered a PR campaign to ensure schools reopen on time. South Korea's daily new virus count spiked to 397 today, the highest since March. Infections were reported in all major cities and provinces. The country's total case load has risen to over seventeen thousand now, while the number of deaths remains at three hundred nine. Health authorities said that many of the new cases were traced to a church in northern Seoul and a massive weekend rally which also took place at the capital. The massive wildfire in northern California has grown to become the second largest in the state's history as it and hundreds of other blazes have now scorched nearly one million acres. President Donald Trump has issued a major disaster declaration as worsening weather conditions threaten to start new wildfires in California. Firefighters have been battling some of the largest wildfires on record for the past week in the western US state. Trump's declaration will release federal assistance for the state. Governor Gavin Newsom said that it will also help people in counties affected by the fires with crisis counseling, housing and other social services. California is prepping to face dry lightning and gusty winds that have the potential to not just start more fires but also stoke the existing blazes. The state has already requested help from Australia and Canada to contain the fires, which have displaced more than 100,000 people and burned down hundreds of homes. The fires were sparked by an unusual barrage of lightning stoked by a searing, persistent heat wave last week. And now for some homegrown stuff from newslaundry.com. This week on News Laundry Hafta, Abhinandan Sekri, Manisha Pandey and Mehraj Lone were joined by Pratik Sinha, the founder of Alt News. First up, the panel discussed the Wall Street Journal report on political partisanship within Facebook India. The panelists talked about Facebook's special relationship with Prime Minister Modi, how news dissemination has changed over the past decade, and whether social media should be considered a public service. Here's a clip from the podcast. If Facebook gets into the payment system, then Paytm, Shatm will be... I mean, it'll make more money than anything else. And the only thing that is blocking them right now is regulation. So you understand the stakes. That is the level at which the stakes are. At the end of the day, they have become a monopoly and that is what is a bigger threat. The fact that they have become a monopoly. And we have to depend... Like media organizations have to depend on Facebooks and the Googles of the world. I think all media organizations need to come together and create independent audience network which is not dependent on facebook another thing that often gets ignored when we talk about this is that facebook google all of these they're essentially essentially they are giant corporations and they only ever care about is their bottom line Hmm. if they're going to make money they'll cozy up to everybody To listen to the complete episode, subscribe to News Laundry and get access to not just our podcast, but a bunch of video interviews, comics, and a lot more. That's all for today. Have a great day or a good night, depending on where you're listening from. See you tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes, and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent.